The JLab JBuds line has something for everyone. Like the JBuds Mini, the smallest earbud on the market by a major brand. Fits on your keychain. Perfect for on the go. They come in five amazing colors. Or the JBuds Air Sport. True wireless sport earbuds that have a secure fit, are sweatproof, and have be aware mode that allow you to exercise while still being aware of your surroundings. With over 44 hours of playtime, they help you conquer the hardest workouts. Use the code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The Volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast. At Snaps, Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, Noon Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Snaps, back at it here in Nashville. Day three, SEC Media Days. A little worse, but we're... Oh, my God. The boys had a good time last night. We had a very good time. In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. I guess I got to remember, I have this mic on, so I actually don't have to, like, stress my voice. I don't have to talk that loud. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was very fun. Um maybe a little later than I thought, you know, a little deeper in our cups than I thought. But you know, when you when you go honky tonking, my hey, you got moves. Yeah, I do. I kind of thought you would have moves just because of your you know your personality. Yeah, you got some moves, big guy. I love you. Nimble on your you're nimble on your feet. Yeah, I got. I love they're nimble. I, yeah. Um, I liked watching you dance on stage. Thank you. It was maybe the most ca- Caucasian. No, 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 bro, I don't know. No. Uh, maybe we can edit it. You were literally doing a square dance. Maybe, well, yeah, that is as I was Caucasian honky. as it could possibly I would, get. I, I was honky-tonking. Yeah, which is as white as it can get. So don't yeah. tell me I'm as white as it can get when you're doing a honky-tonk. I'm just saying the caucasity <laughs> of your moves was readily apparent for everyone to see. Check the tape. Go ahead and, like... Hey, I mean, we're they're in the really afterwards. They just need to post the uh, <laughs> host the dancing right now, and then and then we can let the people decide. Uh, very fun night. The very fun night. Um, Nashville continues to be a cool city, uh, but today you could almost feel it in the air, and uh, there was a certain smell 
And it wasn't just the Alabama guy with the yellow hammer and the luchador mask. <laughs> it was uh, it was Nick Saban Day today here at SEC Media Days. I know you got to sit down with Coach Saban for a while. We'll break that down. We'll touch on Florida. They haven't been up to the podium yet as of the time of this recording. Um, KJ Jefferson in Arkansas here today. Interested to speak on like kind of where you would rank KJ in this league. Yep. Like Kentucky, a team that's at a bit of a crossroads. Um, I also want to touch on Brent Venable's comments yep. uh, towards Prime. And uh, oof, it's like UGA might have won their battle yeah. with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution getting you fired up. Um, also, if you have not seen it, go check out Aaron's video last night at the bar where there's a full band wearing Georgia jerseys, including someone wearing a number 11 jersey, so an Aaron Murray jersey. And Aaron gets on stage. And the dude asks, what's your name, boss? And then, uh, and, then, and then they finally figured it out. It was excellent. That girl, knew. she was fired up. She was fired up. She was the actual Georgia fan. Though. She was, she, she, he was not a Georgia no, fan. She was, guy. she brought the gear for everyone. So I don't. Just a fantastic. It was, it was well played though. I do appreciate T-Bob and the crew kind of. Oh yeah, I forced you down there. Uh, encouraging me onto the stage because I did not want to go on there, but you guys kind of pushed your boy on there, and uh, it worked out nicely. Yeah, I had to break away and do some recon, and then we knew. Anyway, all right. So Nick Saban in Alabama. Um, this is the first time in a long time where Alabama is not clearly the top dog coming in the SEC. Uh, I think you described it, Aaron, as being, what, the hunter, not yeah. the hunted. Yep. It's the first time they've ever had to look at someone else's bag coming uh, coming into the season. Uh, what was the vibe? Because you got to sit down with Nick yep. on series for a while. What was the vibe that Saban was giving off today? Oh, we asked him that. And he likes it, man. He said he, the team loves it too. Like there's a sense of we're fighting for something. Because he, he he used the word that you love to use when we, we talk about Georgia. Okay, yeah. He used the word complacency. Yeah. Of, of Yes, at times over the past five years, there has been at times a sense of entitlement complacency with his football team he felt like and he doesn't feel like that this year you know for for a number of factors one there's there's not really a, a superstar on the team yeah it is more of a team for Alabama this year it's not Bryce Young and company it's not Will Anderson the defense it's this is the offense this is the defense and we're hunting Georgia we're hunting LSU we're hunting Ohio State and Michigan like I think that there is a sense of excitement of people doubt us because of the lack of, say, superstar power on the team. Yep. Especially coming on the last year, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's really hard to get away from, you're telling me that Alabama's going to be better after losing Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine. I mean, look at the games last year. I mean, how many times has, has over the past two years, has Bryce had to essentially bail that team out? Two years Sorry. ago versus Auburn. Had to bail him out. Yep. That last day in drive. Yep. Last year versus Texas. Had to bail him out down the field. Like, yep. A and M, couple. A and I think it just seems like if you didn't have Bryce, what would this team have been? So like that is a legitimate question right now. Like you don't have Superman and his cape to save you when shit hits the fan. So who's going to step up? Are the receivers going to be better? I don't know. What's the running back room going to look like? What's the offensive line going to look like? That's a t- that's a position group that's been challenged. I, I I do feel like the defense as a whole could be really good this year. They're they're, they're going to be one of the top defenses in this league. But and they're probably. What, second to Georgia, or would you? Uh, Why well, I, I, I still I like LSU. I, I don't know if I can put LSU because the lack of a great, great pass rusher. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. But there's a lot of unknown, and 
you could just see the glimmer and and, and Saban's his eye of there there wasn't like a sense of worry to me, like talking to him about that about yeah. the quarterback position and talking about replacing Will and this there was never a sense of doubt or worry. It was more to me there's excitement and it, that that was also part of the conversation with him of what does get you excited nowadays because you have accomplished so much yeah. The game has changed so much. Yeah. Is it even fun for you anymore? No, he probably he probably need like Kirby Smart probably gives him a little bit of life. Yeah. And Georgia does. Having this having this challenger rise and kind of take over and, and, and basically surpass him. Like it's been a long time since he's had a real rival like that. So that can give you juice. It's like it's like a bad Well and Brian Kelly too should deal. give him juice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um close to equals. He he gets to compete with guys that are they they're not the go. Yeah. What I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say LSU's. I wouldn't say LSU's coaches. You've said it. Like LSU coaches have been nowhere near no. Nick Saban. Bro, bro, let's, Brian let's Kelly let's is 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 nine, that next nine. tier down. Yes. Kirby Smart is right for career wise that next tier down, but probably the best in the game right now. Brian Kelly's the best coach ever without a national championship. I mean, well, he's one hundred percent his coach in college football right now. I mean, if you look at just every anyone everywhere he's been, every level he's ever been at. So, I agree. I, I here's what I found interesting about Saban is he talked about how last year he he said, you know, I don't think I uh, did a very good job at getting the most out of that team. And I'd say that's, that's probably correct. Um, but then he talked about how he felt like they made the expectations too big. Yep. And that guys mentally were under too much pressure, pushing too hard, and it led to mistakes. And one reason why I find that interesting is because Alabama for years now, I mean, even when I was like, they were way ahead of the curve where they were doing like um, uh, like special forces military training, essentially mental training to prepare for the moment, to not be overwhelmed by the moment, to not let the outside pressure of the moment, to just do what you've been trained to do. And so I I, I wonder, like, I, I well, I guess it's impossible to figure out, but something happened last year where mentally they put those guys under too much pressure. Look. And and this year, that's removed. They're not under that much pressure this year. I mean, you know, the, the regular amount, but not like like last year's team felt like we have to win a national championship, or we or, or we are failures. He, I think, since he was talking to New Highs and myself, he knew we liked golf. He he broke it down like this for us. Because Nick is a he's a golfer. He yeah. he enjoys to play golf and he has some off time. He said my always goal was to break eighty, like to get in the seventies. So he said, but then this summer, he's like, I shot a 73. What? Yeah, I know. I'm like, damn, good for you. I know. Nick Saban shooting a 73. That's pretty damn good. He said, then all of a sudden, two weeks later, I shot a 79. I'm pissed off. (laughs) Because expectations, I was like, what the hell? Like, I always just wanted to be here. But then as soon as I touched the 73, I always thought then, like, now all of a sudden, the the bar got moved up. So then if I shoot a 79, it's like, what the hell? Same thing with Alabama. I was like, Winning 10, 11 games is a hell of a season. But yep. that, unfortunately for Alabama, the expectations are to shoot par. The expectations are to win a national championship. And yeah. if you don't get that, then all of a sudden it's a failure where you should be looking at it as that was a hell of a year last year. They won that many games, and their two losses were by a combined, what, three points or yeah. whatever it was? Yeah. Less uh, than five? I mean, it was the last play of the game. Both, Both times. A field goal. That's, that is a hell of a season. Shout out balls, Rocky Top. Yep. And uh, no, hey, don't don't look at me like that. I I I I I was trust me when I say I wanted Tennessee to win that game so 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 badly. Yep. 
but the cake was fucking gross. It was a, it was, it was a, just knuckleball submarine somehow found a way to go in. Um, yeah, and then LSU. Well, but but are you, do you do you believe the narrative of watch out this year because everyone's doubting him? Like like well, Jake, he can't be. An I think it's silly to think that. that. I think that's so silly to say. So I I I think there is something. I think there's something there. There's something about suddenly not having to deal with like rat poison, but actually having like real motivation through doubt. I think that's a real thing. I think you talk to any athletes. Um, now, how do you quantify it? Am I ever going to be able to say like, oh, they made this play because we doubted them? Like, no, like, no, no shit like that. But I mean, when you talk to the players, they said like, yeah, you know, it's like when we're in the weight room, we're in practice field, like, saw a Kool-Aid quote earlier where he said, it just makes you go that much harder. Like you just like push yourself a little further. And I think I think there's value there. But but does the it, brand scare you though? Like to me, like well, why why has Alabama been so good? Obviously the elite coaching, elite talent, but when Alabama has walked onto the field over the past fifteen years, yeah, there has been a sense of of of, of we're better than you. We're stronger, we're faster, we're more talented, we're better coach. There's a fear factor. Yes. Like, teams were legitimately scared of Alabama. I don't know if they have that fear factor well, anymore. They, no, they don't. I mean, like, does Alabama scare anyone they, anymore? Well, I think, no, I think they do. I think they still scare the average team. Yeah, right. But, but they're definitely not. There were, there were times where they felt invulnerable. Yeah. Like, when they had the, the kind of joyless murder ball era. Yeah. And they were just smashing everyone constantly. I mean, there was... I can't... I wish I could remember the exact side. It was some random we read during last football season, but... It's something to the tune of, if you look at all of the like, like one score games that Nick Saban's had in his tenure at Alabama, it's nearly like half of them have come in the last two years alone. Yeah. So there has been a a, a kind of uh, uh, they, they don't feel they don't feel like Superman as much anymore. Right? No. They feel like a, a bit more approachable, a bit more human, and that kind of speaks to probably the main thing they need to get fixed, which is. The offensive line or the domination of the trenches. Yeah. Because when you think about the best Alabama teams, I always think about that Jonathan Allen defensive line. Yep. Where they were three deep of NFL guys. Like, like good, like it was just, Abby, you could not play against that team because it, they were just, like you said, just faster, just stronger, bigger, more badass. They don't have that anymore. And especially we were talking to Wes Neighbors from Lunsful about the offensive line yesterday and – you know, he's a former lineman. He thinks the technique is crap, and, and he's probably right because that's what they need to get picked. They still have all four and five stars, but they do not uh, push people around no. like they used to. When Derrick Henry won the Heisman, he averaged uh, like four and a half yards before contact. Uh-huh. I mean, it was absurd. He averaged the bar that any running back would love to hit before contact. That That is not the case anymore. They gave up a ton of TLS sacks two years ago. Last year, um, Bryce they couldn't push people. Without out. Bryce, I mean, the, Texas kicked the, their ass. The stats would be completely different without Bryce and his yeah. magic. So, I just go back to the point of, if you couldn't do it with Bryce Young, who has been the best quarterback that Alabama's ever had, and you couldn't do it with Will Anderson on defense, and, and, and plenty of talent, too. Like, Brian Branch was a dude at that nickel spot, too, that safety spot. Like, they had a ton of talent on defense last year. If you couldn't do it with that defense... And that quarterback, what gives me any confidence you could do this year? I mean, 
think about like Peyton Manning. Like, I don't think the defense, but I don't work in Tennessee back in the day. The defense is not going to, like, the defense last year was great. Like, I don't think this defense was really good last year. Yeah. Like, I don't see the defense getting extraordinarily better. Well, but they could. I mean, they're, they're always in improve. They, they give up explosive plays at times. I mean, they were getting shredded by LSU by the end of that game. Like, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think, like, there's this, like, massive, like, step that, oh, my God, Alabama could be. But it doesn't need to be a massive step. Because, like, talk but about I think the offense knows. Like, but I think they're hard, like, but the offense is going to take a, a step back, though. There's no way the offense is going to be better. Yeah. I mean, there's no way. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have a defense last year that was really good. That could maybe marginally get better this year. I don't think they could get better, but I think they could be about the same, which is still a great defense. That's still a, a, a one of the best defenses in the country. You'll have that, but you're going to have an offense that's not going to be as explosive. That's not going to have a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. You're going to take a step back on that side. So, like, I think people are are just afraid to say it. Alabama is not going to be a legitimate contender this year. They're just not. I know Nick Saban said it two years ago. What did he say? This that year was the rebuilding year. Watch out for us this year. Essentially, this is the rebuilding year. Yeah. Like, let's just be honest. Like, this is the. Re- it wasn't two years ago. This is the year where Alabama has the the elite class they just got. You build off that class and off previous classes. You figure out the quarterback spot, and you say 2024 is our year. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I don't get why that's a problem. Well, I mean, if Alabama, I know it for Alabama Sanders it is. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think Alabama fans need to realize it. This is our rebuilding year. 2024 is more of our opportunity to go win a championship. Uh, okay, let's judge on the quarterbacks then, and then we'll move on to Alabama. Um, Nick Saban using another analogy, a baking analogy, like baking a cake, right? And that right now you have three guys in the Milrow, Simpson, and Buckner that are competing for that job, and essentially the cake's in the oven. And nobody separated themselves out, but he said he's not rushing that process, right? Because what happens if you pull a cake out too early, it's mush. It doesn't work, right? Um, how concerned are you that there doesn't seem yet to be someone who has really separated? Like, even yesterday, talking to Wes and them, it didn't seem like they're even talking about maybe some of the freshmen. Like, it didn't seem... Yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised talking to Alabama... Uh, like local radio hosts, that there's not one of those kind of behind the scenes, like you know, this guy's. This I think. Guy's it's, I think. Job. I think. I still think it's tied. I've talked to enough people to think it's tied too. I think it's. Tied. I think. I don't. I think based on the conversation with with Nick today, Coach Saban. Like, can I say Nick? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir Saban. I, I, I am. I am a. I am a believer that you can say that. I know guys like Hess don't. Don't like yeah. that, but yes. I but I say Kirby. Yeah. So, okay. Little Nicky. Little Nicky. Um, you know, he hit on the quarterback spot, too, and a lot of it was trust. A lot of it was decision-making. A lot of it is getting the ball to the right player and taking care of the football. So, to me, that was kind of a signal in my mind that Jalen Milrow is not going to be the guy. Like, I, if I can't trust you to take care of the football, on a team will re-anticipate. Like you just said, like how many how many one-score games has, has Alabama seen in the past few years? More than Nick Saban has ever seen in his yeah. career at Alabama. I anticipate the same thing this year. What's the difference in one-score games? Turnovers and penalties. So I'm not going to trust a guy that has been known for turnovers. So to me, Jalen's out. Well, okay, but, but do, you, do you think there's a world? I mean, I still feel like Jalen Milrow has a skill set. Though, that you yeah, I think you find a way to get him in. Hill type package. Yeah. 
But that's not a starting quarterback. It's a packet. It's a packet. But it's like what you Freeze talked about uh, Robbie Ashford yes. yesterday, where he said, I don't know if he's going to like be ready to start play quarterback, uh, but I do know that he could play a role in us winning. Yeah. 100%. I think Jalen can get in there. My only concern with the quarterback spot for Alabama is... JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Too many cooks in the kitchen and not enough reps to go around. Yeah. You can't... You cannot... You can barely prepare a quarter. I mean, you, you, you can barely yeah. prepare two quarterbacks, and let's not forget, the same game of the season's Texas. This isn't like Michigan two years ago. This isn't like Ole Miss two years ago, where you have you know four straight cupcake games where you can afford to rotate guys and give yeah. guys opportunities. I mean, like Michigan was just playing. You need a yeah year. yeah. <laughs> Ole Miss did the same thing. They had one quarterback, Luke yeah, Allbaier, start right. for two games, yeah. and then Jackson start the next two games. Like. If I'm Alabama, at some point you need to say, okay, we got to get this guy ready to play Texas week two. So three quarterbacks is way too many. Two quarterbacks. starter coming out of camp. They're not going to do Yeah. No, I get that. But you got to get the guy ready. Um, 
And so that process is that, okay, tell you, make maybe a little quicker than that. Okay, so I think the headline here is what you said. So you say Alabama not a contender in 2023. I'm not I don't really think so. That far. I don't think they are. This, it's a rebuild. This is Alabama's. This is their This is their rebuild year. Um, all right, other teams that were here today. Uh, let's just touch on Kentucky. Maybe the most interesting transfer like one of those interesting transfer quarterback situations in the entire country when you're talking about Devin Leary yep a guy who set uh who broke Phil Rivers records at NC State was putting up insanity numbers video game numbers and then last year through a mixtures of injury and I don't exactly know it just seemed like he he took a bit of a step back actually him and Kentucky both kind of appropriate for each other as they both fell woefully short of expectations last year. That was an NC State team that was picked by a lot of people to win the ACC. Yep. Devin Leary was supposed to be a potential Heisman candidate. None of that came to pass. Kentucky was supposed to have their best team ever, maybe win 10 games. That did not come to pass. You do get Liam Cohen back, yep. which I think is big time. Uh, where do you see, where would you rank Devin Leary uh, in, the, in the SEC quarterback in hierarchy right now? I mean, I would say mid-tier. I mean, let's not forget he's coming from a conference that's pretty crap. So I mean he's he's going to be a little bit eye uh, you know eye opening to to face SEC defenses week in and week out. But I think he's a really good quarterback, and, and the one thing that Kentucky does return um, is really good playmakers. They went in the transfer portal, they got a good running back, they returned their their top three receivers from last year that were all freshmen and sophomores. So the talent is there around him. The offensive line has to get more physical. I think that's that's the one area of concern for me. I think Devin Leary is going to be good. I think the receivers are going to be good. I think the running backs are going to be good. Offensive line must be the offensive line that they well, – how did Mark Stoops build this team? He built it with good interior play. Yeah. Offensive line play, defensive line play. they got to get back to that mode if they want to contend, and they can't fall behind too far right now when it comes to Tennessee. Like, Kentucky is not chasing Georgia. Kentucky's chasing the – we can't let Tennessee continue the momentum, and we got to make sure Florida kind of stays in the dumps. Yeah, I mean, it's South Carolina's coming at them. And so, yeah, a little bit too, but I would still say their more immediate threats are Tennessee and and because well, Florida like, can turn it around at any time. That, that's true. That definitely true on Florida. I already, I, I, I mean, I feel like Tennessee's already passed them up. I don't think Tennessee's chasing Kentucky. Like, I think Tennessee is going to be better than Kentucky this year. You know, you don't think it's a you you want to call Joe Milton the most talented quarterback? Yeah, but I still want to see him do it. Okay. I still want to see them do it. I want to see Tennessee prove that they have more depth on defense, that they can win games not just because of their offense, because their defense has, has the depth to hang. See, I think Tennessee may need to do that to get to the next level, but I think Tennessee can be better at Kentucky without that. Why? It's got. I know last year I had a sucker Kentucky fan. I think Tennessee wins the game this year. Just, <laughs> you did watch Tennessee just rocket past them. Yeah. I, yeah, but I... I there's always the conversation of was it just a a, a flash in the pan for Tennessee? Run. Yeah, it's a magical run. It's Tennessee just, still needs to continue to put stack years on it for us to really fully, you know, fully say Tennessee's back. Interesting. In my mind, I already have them slotted in second, and then I have Kentucky fighting with South Carolina, Florida. I don't think Florida's fighting. Florida's not fighting for it for the third spot. They no, God no. No, don't they have the 50%? Aren't they in the blue no. ratio club? Like, I don't think so. I think they are. They're right on the edge of it if they're not. They're close, but I don't think they are. That, it seems crazy to me that Florida could be that bad again. And Let's not forget, Dan Mullen didn't. Why did Dan Mullen get fired? Because he didn't recruit top talent. Yeah. 
He didn't like leave a team stacked with four or five star guys. Dan Mullen prided himself on being a great coach that could take three star guys and win football games. That's true. So Napier did Napier didn't inherit uh, uh, an elite roster. He's having to build that roster right now. So I don't I don't think Florida's think there. Kentucky's better in Florida this year. I think Kentucky's better. I mean, how I would rank it is Georgia. I would still put Tennessee at two. I'm just saying it's not a, Kentucky is not Tennessee is not untouchable to Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky can win that football game. Ah, huh. I'd put Kentucky at three. I put South Carolina at four. Kentucky just doesn't feel threatening in any way is the problem. Like a couple of years ago, when they had a ten win season, I think it was them and Josh Allen. They had that great. Uh, well, you don't believe in Stoops. I like Stoops. Well, I'm just yeah. You're right. You're right. I think that I think that when when you're talking about Kentucky, I think they're trying to win in a like traditional power football way, uh, or they have at times, and they just don't have the dogs to that. Whereas Tennessee, because of Heupel's, um system, can 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 win a bit more with scheme, which allows you to over like it allows athletes to overproduce. Like you yeah. overproduce your talent. Whereas Kentucky's success, what's two different mindsets? Even though, even though I, I, I should say, like Liam Cohen's a great OC. Yeah. with him back, that that does actually change. Man. But but so Tennessee tries to beat you by just outscoring you, which which sounds absolutely stupid because of course that's how you try to win football games. You outscore the opponent. I get that, but in the sense of like we're going to go up tempo and we're going to try to score fifty points. Kentucky is the opposite. They try to win games by trying to keep it as low scoring as possible. Yeah, like. They try to shorten the game up where they're hoping in the fourth quarter it's like 20 to 14. It's it's legitimately old school type football where Tennessee like Tennessee like, hey man, let's go, let's have a shootout. Let's see who can score 50 points first. Yeah. So it's just it's 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 two different mindsets. It's whatever you whatever flavor of ice cream you like, uh, essentially. But I love Mark Shoes as a coach. I think Mark Shoes is a hell of a football coach. Don't sleep on Kentucky this year. That's all I'm saying. Do not sleep on Kentucky. Okay. Okay. That's that's a great it's a great line because you picked them to finish third, but now with Don't Sleep on Kentucky, you can be like, I told you so. And then you're good. I mean, I, hey, who told you not to sleep on Kentucky? I also would like to say don't sleep in Kentucky this year. But I think they suck. But don't sleep on them. <laughs> but I'm not saying they suck. You see, you're saying they suck. But watch up. I'm saying they're third, but can contend with Tennessee to be two. Um, okay, wait, which is not like a massive jump. Alabama, Kentucky, um, Florida, we just kind of hit on there. Yeah, a little bit. What are your? There's no expectations this year. Two. It's a it's a big it's a big build for for your boy. I mean, and simple. It's a bit. It's a rebuild. You can't go. I mean, I guess you win the Vanderbilt game. You're six and six. Like they got to find a couple more wins around the edge. He's at least got to be like seven and five. Or something. I don't think so. I think with his contract, his buyout. I think people understand what once again what he was left with from Dan Mullen when it comes to yeah. talent on the roster. He he has the true Florida fan, not the 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 wild erratic Florida fan, understands it's it's at least four years before you see a, a, a more competitive football team. Okay. Um, what is Florida's even like strength nowadays? They got two good running backs. I mean, Graham Mertz, um, and last year, can he, can he channel what he did at Wisconsin his first couple starts and, and kind of get that rebirth like we just talked about with Kentucky? I don't, I don't, I don't know because I don't, I don't believe in the talent at receiver necessarily. It's going to be a team that's going to have to run the ball and have success like kind of like what they did last year. But 
Um, you have a, a good, not great defense. They're just a, they're they're an average team this year. That's what I'm saying. Like they just feel completely bland. They are bare. Like like you know, at least when they had Anthony Richardson. He was threatening. Obviously, in the Urban Meyer, they were at the forefront of the RPO game and, yep. and offensive theory. Uh, there's been times when they've had a defense that's as dominant as anybody's in the country, and they just don't feel like they have any of that yep. right now. Bad time to be a Gator. Yeah. Um, and then what about Arkansas coming out of the West? Uh, KJ Jefferson. Where would you rank KJ Jefferson? In your SEC quarterbacking, oh, he's top top three or four for me. I love KJ. I love the size. I love the athleticism. The big thing with KJ, we talked about him. He, he, he is staying healthy. KJ's got to stay healthy. I talked to him in the spring. I talked to him today about that. And you know, he's changed his diet up. He's changed the way that he's training in preparation for the season. I mean, look how the, much of it is what they asked him to do. Well, I think that's too. I mean, the coaching staff told me this in the spring. They have to protect him better. Yeah. And it's not like they said, like, listen, there's going to be games where he's going to have to run the ball 15, 20 times. But we're going to want as much as we can stand in that world. So, you know, they, they return a 1,400-yard ro- rusher and rocket. Uh, the offensive line has to be better. I mean, that's Sam Pittman's baby right there. The offensive line has to be better. Yes, sir. You know, Bo Limmer is going to be the, the, the center. He feels confident that Bo and some of the pieces they brought in should improve on that side of the football. I think the offense will be fine. I think the receivers are going to have to they're going to have to figure out the receiving position, but they like this freshman tight end they got. They love their running back, they love their quarterback. Defense is the concern. Defense was atrocious last year. Big play after big play after big play. New defensive coordinator. They go from a 3 down to a 4 down. So you're like, "Oh, great, 4 down, we're going to stop the run." Oh, uh, I don't know if they have the personnel right now. Also, I don't know if they have enough big guys. I don't know if I work to rotate the run. When they were the worst pass defense in the country. Yeah, they were last year. They came up like three fifty. They were banged up at D back. They were banged up in the secondary. They were banged up. Um I think structurally I prefer a four down front a little bit more in the way that you run the defense. No, I always I mean the way they ran their defense last year with that that you know, three two uh six essentially with six DBs. It was very passive. The DBs would sit at 12 yards, like at three safeties, and they would kind of just sit how there. You have six DBs in the game and have to be the worst. Uh, well, I'm trying to explain it. No, no, no. no I know. I'm, I'm trying to explain it. <laughs> I'm just pointing out for the audience. I want them to really bask in the absurdity yeah. of having six DBs on the field and being that bad. Worst pass defense. Because the, the safeties would literally sit at 12 yards. Thinking the receivers wouldn't run by them, and then the receivers would just run by by them. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they would watch it. They would sit at 12 yards oh and just be like, oh, the structure of our defense invites a team to run the football, which it should. So we're just going to sit here and anticipate to be downhill to stop the run. And they would just stand there, and then the receivers would just run right by them. Like, what are you doing? Get out of your backpedal and get the fuck back. <laughs> it was mind blowing to me. What the how piss for their safety play was last year? Um, where do they finish in the West? LSU Alabama one two. Yeah, LSU Alabama one two. Who do you have at three? Um, I still like I still like A and M. I do too. I think they're they're somewhere in that four or five range with Ole Miss. So okay, let's say them and Ole Miss feel like the team that should be finishing there next. Yes. And again, I still don't know what's making Mississippi State. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they. I don't know. Ah. Uh, Dude, Will Rogers said he'd only taken one under center snap in his entire life yeah. or entire high school college playing football. He doesn't know, Aaron, the joys 
of touching the three ball. pound man nutsack that warmth that brings to the back of your knuckles. He has no idea. Um, should we do a naked center quarterback exchange? That's our only. That's our only snaps. <laughs> that's for only snaps. Uh, subscribe now. <laughs> if if everything goes awry uh, here at the volume, we still ha- will always have only snaps in the uh, in the background. <laughs> do not worry. Um, and I'm getting older and saggier too. They, they just be kind of like they just be resting. Yeah, you know, I gotta like spread my hands out a little bit so they just yeah. droop <laughs> and droop. This gift has been going in between all your knuckles, like little marbles. <laughs> I used to, I used to have these these weighted balls. Yeah, yeah. That you could, that I would do for hand strength, and I would kind of just yeah. massage them around my hand. That's what I have to do with T Bob when I push it over your center. You have to massage oh, them around my hands. Um, okay, so that's the FC Media Days talk. Uh, real quick, I did want to call out Brent Venables on something. Yeah, Brent Venables is out here going after Dion, saying. Um, I'm not like Dion. I gave our guy 12 months of grace. I didn't just hand pink slips, yada, yada. Uh, Britt, you fucking idiot. Of course you didn't. You took over a team full of four and five stars. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? There was a playoff team for multiple years before you got there. What an unnecessary shot. Like, like Prime took over a junior high team. Do you remember what it looked like? <laughs> that first meeting video that came out, we were cracking up. It just it didn't even look like that. There's no way it could be one college football team. Like, for Brim Venables to act, ah, see, every time I want to put get in the Venables camp, he does something like this, and I'm like, he doesn't get it. It's he just different. doesn't get it. Wait, you, 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 would air, you would air in a roster that had been to multiple playoff games, multiple play games in the past five years, uh, and Dan inherited a team that is just 1 11. 1 11. And you win 6 and 7 with that team, Yeah. Okay. Don't start. Those are um, I bet you Dion's going to go better than 111. You got markedly worse. He's going to get markedly better. So, I, I, I mean, I don't even have anything to expound on. Again, some of these quotes of Venables, man, I just don't. Oh, he feels. Uh, actually, when I was on with Colin last night, check that out. Sat down with Papa Colin, uh, the boss man, on his pod, and he described Venables as being over his skis. And that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. I feel like he's a bit out of his depth, man. Yeah. But uh, we'll look see. like it. Um, and then, Aaron, your dogs, oh, 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 uh, they had a tiff with the AJC recently where there was a report that they did not feel was accurately reported. Yep. Um, and in a pretty unprecedented move, I've never seen anything like it. They uh, had their lawyer draw up a list of uh, corrections that they want to make. They sent it to the AJC. The AJC editorial board reviews it and... They retracted. They retracted yep. a lot of the points, and they actually fired uh, the investigative reporter who put it out there. Hey, man, you better watch out. Uh, false reporting the, the the Georgia Bulldogs back-to-back national champs. I'm not trying to. I'm not going to go out here and say that that these kids should be invincible. I'm not trying to say that Kirby should be invincible. I'm not trying to say that these these reporters can't do their job. But just don't don't try to catch headlines, man. Like these are still 18 and 22 year old kids. Like just remember. You and I fucked up a lot when we were 18 and 22-year-olds. Yeah. Like, these reporters probably fucked up a lot when they were 18 and 22-year-olds, too. So don't act like you were some high and mighty guy well, trying to call kids. And, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say give grace. Headlines if it are can, always going to happen. Headlines are going to happen, but the reporting was awful. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. But they have the reporting to be awful. Like, you don't need to go out of your way to shit on people just because you have some sort of bone to grind with them. And how does it's a bone to grind? If, if a kid gets in trouble, yeah, well, well, but even, okay, maybe not even an axe to grind, but 
it, it's like trying to really do just it's in trying to do storytelling and, and and make your article as sexy as possible with fabrications yeah yeah it's it's just uh, look right now with georgia um they're kind of not that interesting because they're too good yeah and so if you're trying to create like you you, you got to be careful because the, the the instinct is to try to create some sort of interest and that's how you end up yeah, dude, getting something like that. Getting fucking Canada for 25 years working with AJC. He was there 25 years? I figured he was just some, I looked at his acting figure, he was some, uh, some young some guy. junior? No. Yeah. Yeah. 25 George, years? George Joey Smart got his head chopped off? Yeah. Hey man, it tells you it tells you you're worth state. Yeah, you better you better not miss if you're gonna go swing at the king. Um, Georgia players, Georgia players still have to be better though, man. Like they gotta clean it up. There's no doubt about it. Like you gotta be better on and off the field. You gotta learn some lessons. Um, it's a learning moment for everyone. Yeah, bro. I think I think it's a learning moment for media too. Like we're all chasing somewhat headlines. We're all trying to be, you know, get the clicks. Um, yeah, but you can't fabricate, especially when like, it affects we will the game. Like title this episode, Alabama it is not a contender in 2023, probably. And that's because that's that's the game. So you have to, but it's not affecting a kid's life. No, no, no. And we're not reporters, so we'll have to be painfully clear about that. Um, all right, that'll do it. Day three of snaps. I don't even know what you have and haven't seen yet. I hope you enjoyed the first two. Do we have the first two? We have the second one. Okay, we're not on 4K again, are we? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> that would be... We didn't check. Oh, man. So it turns oh. out the difference between a 30-minute 4K episode and a 30-minute, like, was it 1080 or 720 yeah. episode is about 14 gigs to, like, two and a half. Uh, we basically shot Chris Nolan Oppenheimer quality <laughs> uh, on day number one, and... Aaron, Aaron has been battling to try to get the episode up. So we hope it's up. If not, uh, you'll see it when you see it. Okay, day three, SEC here in NASA. Look at the city, man. Absolutely thriving. But guys, I don't know. Start again, juice. Uh, the sun's out, thighs out, sky. Get that vitamin D. Like, T-Bob's re- re- refuel, baby. I'm feeling a little honky-tonk coming on. We'll see. We'll see. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you later. <laughs> Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Explore a wide selection of luxury spirits, wine, and champagne at reservebar.com. Elevate your gifting this year with rare and exceptional bourbons, tequilas, scotch, wine, champagne, with personalized engraving, exceptional glassware, and more. From wines to whiskeys, there's a bottle for everyone. For a limited time, save $20 on your order 
of $150 plus with the code IHEART at ReserveBar.com. 